Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering. I'm also sharing how I support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia, and create more joy in their lives. My degree in communication, coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I am very excited for today's episode because I'm going to be sharing with you the experience that I had this past weekend in California. I was there for a business event and I want to share the experience that I had there because it's going to be relevant to you in your journey with misophonia. And I'm going to share with you how I was able to cope with a lot of the the trigger sounds that were present at this event. I was in a room full of 950-ish people. And trust me, there were a lot of noises, especially because we engaged in meditations and there was a lot going on. And so I want to talk about my experience with those. We're going on for me almost a year misophonia free. It happened for me back in February of 2023. So just a few months shy, but I want to share my experience with those trigger sounds because it's so, so different than what I experienced in the past. So I'm excited to go into that today. And before we get started, if you haven't already, I really encourage you to check out the show notes and register for the free Resist and Recover from Misophonia Triggers training. And I'm actually going to be talking about ways that you can resist and recover from triggers in the episode today, and then we'll dive even deeper in this free training. So make sure you register, even if you can't make it live, still make sure you register because there will be a recording that's available after the training. So make sure you sign up for that. It's absolutely free, like I said before, and it's going to walk you through how to eliminate that anxiety you feel when you're scanning your environment for trigger sounds and also how to recover faster after you have been triggered. Because when you start here, then it becomes easier to dissipate that emotional charge toward trigger sounds in the present. But it helps to start with those feelings before and after. So definitely register for that training. I can't wait to see you there. We did move the live training date. It was originally on Wednesday the 13th. I have moved it to Thursday the 14th because I had a scheduling conflict pop up. So We're still going live. We just moved it. It's the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday the 14th. And again, even if you can't be there live with us, be sure you sign up so that you can get access to the recording. So with all of that being said, I want to dive into today's episode. So let's start with the basics. Why did I go to California? What was this conference all about? Well, I joined a program called Business by Design with James Wedmore, and it was the BBD Live event. So if you join BBD, you could also register for this in-person event where you could network with other entrepreneurs, other digital CEOs, as, as he calls us. And like I said, there were about 950 people there, and I didn't know anyone who was attending this live event when I showed up on day one. I went there by myself. I didn't know anyone who was going to be there. I had been active in 
the Facebook group for this program, but I really hadn't made any connections or really connected with anyone that I planned on, you know, meeting in person. And so just going to an event this size and not knowing anyone, it can be kind of intimidating. And in terms of introversion, extroversion, I usually fall right on the line and I can't remember. I either tilt slightly toward one or the other, but I, I think it might be extroversion, but I, I can't remember. Either way, it's not really important. What this means for me though, is that I do get energy being in the presence of, of people. I love talking with people. Usually if you come up to me, I'll ask you like, what's your life story? I love talking with people. At the same time though, I need then time to be alone and rest and recharge in order to really recover. And at this event, you are going pretty much nonstop. So day one, registration opened at like seven in the morning. And then there was a cocktail party at night. And so I don't think I was back in, in my room until like closer to nine o'clock. And then the next day we started at, I think maybe eight in the morning. No, we started at seven because there was a session, like a, a mindfulness session that you could attend. And then that night went really late as well because there was a, a coaching session that I think went to like, we were in the room maybe till 10 o'clock at night. And then the next day it was the same thing. It was just from like seven in the morning all the way to like 9.30 at night. And so it was just day after day of constantly interacting with people and really not getting even a second to catch your breath. And if you're someone who experiences misophonia, you know that that can really put a lot of extra stress on your nervous system because you aren't really getting that opportunity to get away and be by yourself and just take a minute to breathe and get away from all the noise. And so if I had gone to this conference a year ago, there's just no way. I think I would have been in tears throughout the entire weekend. However, I was able to fully participate. I met some incredible, amazing people. I've made friends for life. I had some amazing breakthroughs and how I want to show up as a coach and support this community. It was an absolutely amazing event and misophonia was not a factor for me. Well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> I talked about misophonia all weekend because obviously you're meeting with people, you're networking with people. And so when they ask me, you know, oh, what do you do? What's your business? I say, oh, well, I'm a misophonia rewiring coach. And then I talk about what that means. So I talked about misophonia all weekend. It was on my mind all weekend because I was processing ways to better support my community, right? But in terms of me participating, misophonia really wasn't a factor. And so I want to talk about some of the very specific trigger sounds that I've faced and how I was able to respond to those before the fact, during the moment, and after the fact. And again, we're going to dive even deeper into kind of dissipating that anticipation of trigger sounds and also how to recover faster after you have been triggered. We're going to cover both of those in the free resist and recover from trigger sounds training. So again, make sure you sign up for that. But let's start with day one of the conference. So I ended up connecting with someone in the hallway, another person like me who, who showed up and didn't really know anybody. And so we connected and we hung out for the majority of the day. And so while we're sitting day one in this conference, the person next to me brings out an apple and is eating and crunching on an apple. Now, again, if this had been me a year ago, this would have driven me absolutely insane. I probably would have put in an earplug or one of my AirPods or something to block out that sound. I probably would have been giving them dirty looks and, 
you know, who knows what, what would have happened, but I would have been taken out of the present moment and I wouldn't have been able to really soak up all of the amazing information that was being presented to us. And I got a lot out of, out of that first day. What's even funnier though, or just like, oh, of course this would happen, is that later in the day we went to lunch and then we came back and someone ended up taking my seat and it, she didn't know I was sitting there. I had something there, but I think the, like the staff, they threw away whatever I was using to mark my chair. Anyway, so this person took my seat and I was like, oh, no worries, we'll all just shift down one seat, which is what we did. But you will not believe what happened. <laughs> After the presentation started again, this person who took my seat on the left of me, they pulled out an apple and they were crunching on an apple throughout the event. There were no apples provided at this event. These people just independently both brought apples to this event. And so I just like, I was sitting there and I, I had to hold myself back from laughter because I'm just like, of course the universe would put these two people on either side of me because what it was is it was an opportunity for me, A, to practice what I preach, and I'll talk about some of those techniques in a minute, and also it was a way for me to be able to observe and kind of have an out-of-body experience and be like, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. The fact that I can hear this and I'm still sitting here and I'm in the moment, I'm listening to this, these presentations, of course I noticed it, right? It's not like, Clearing up my misophonia doesn't mean that I, I just don't notice these sounds. I still have an awareness of them. They're just not causing me to feel rage, panic, frustration. They're not taking me into a thought spiral that takes me out of the present moment and really shifts my body's sense of safety and security. And so it really was, like I said, an objective kind of out-of-body experience to be like, holy moly, take note of this because this is evidence of the work that you've done. And so I actually wrote it down in my journal because this is something that I wanted to remember. So then day two, we start off the morning with one of the mindfulness sessions. And day two, I meet some amazing, amazing souls. I'm telling you, it is wild to me that out of 950 people, almost a thousand people, I somehow connected with exactly who I was supposed to connect with. We've already exchanged numbers. We have a Zoom meeting planned. We've been supporting each other. I mean, I'm so, so grateful that I, that I met these people. It's absolutely incredible. So day two, I'm hanging out with these people. We're sitting together at the conference and there is a gentleman in the row behind us who I'm not exaggerating. I promise. <laughs> I know that Sometimes if you experience misophonia, we tend to exaggerate trigger sounds, but I'm not exaggerating. This guy behind me was clearing his throat every 30 seconds at least. And he would do it in a way like he made the same sound over and over and over again. He would make the sound like 15 times in a row. Then 30 seconds would go by and then he would sniff like 15 times in a row. Then 30 more seconds and then he would clear his throat again. And this was the entire day because we never switched seats. So from like, Seven to eight was the mindfulness session, and then we were actually in the BBD sessions at nine. So from nine in the morning all the way at night, this guy is making these noises. Now, again, if this had been me a year ago, I would have 
been furious. My body would have been tense. I would have been clenching my fists. I would have been giving this guy dirty looks. I would have been, my ear probably would have been bleeding from how hard I was like plugging my ear and trying to make sounds to counteract this guy's sounds. And I just would have been an absolute mess. And I wouldn't have been able to be truly present with the people around me. And like I said, I met these amazing people who I really had this deep soul connection with. And that's only because I was present in the moment and able to be vulnerable with them and engage in these presentations and these experiences with them. Because we also did a lot of meditations and other fun exercises. And so for me to be able to hear this and be able to tell you about this, I was obviously aware of what this guy was doing. And I even later actually asked one of the the girls next to me, I'm like, did you hear that guy making noises? And she's like, oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely heard that. So for me to be able to have that awareness, but still be in the present moment and not have that take away from my experience, again, was another like out of body experience where I could really like look at myself and be like, wow, this is amazing that you're able to do this, right? And so day three comes around And again, like I said, these are long days. There aren't a lot of breaks. I'm constantly meeting new people and talking with people. And day three, I we're in this room and there's a lot of noise and presentations. The guy who was clearing his throat was actually this time, I think he was like two rows in front of me. So he, I still heard him the the next day. He was still doing the same thing. And I remember just having a moment where I was like, you know what? All of this is just kind of overwhelming. Because the thing is, when you have almost a thousand people in a room, even if all of those people are just talking at like a regular volume, it creates this roar of sound because that's a lot of people in one conference room. And so I remember just feeling really overstimulated. And at one point I was like, you know, I have my loop earplugs with me. Maybe I should put one in. And I had this thought of, well, does that mean I'm a failure? If I put in an earplug right now to cut the intensity of this sound, does this mean I've failed? Does this mean I'm doing something wrong? Like, shouldn't I just be able to sit here earplug free and enjoy the conference like everyone else? If I put an earplug in right now, does that make me a fraud, right? Does that make me less of a coach? Does that make me less of a role model for people to look up to who are working through their misophonia? And again, I had another moment as the observer this time the observer of my thoughts. And I asked myself, are these thoughts useful? And of course, the answer was no. These thoughts weren't serving me. I was feeling just all of this noise and sound and chatter. It was just very overwhelming. And so I gave myself permission to pop in one of my loop earplugs. I put it, I have the loop switch, so I put it on the lowest level and I just put one in. I just put it in my right ear And it made such a huge difference. It really, I could still hear everything. I could still hear this guy clearing his throat. I could still hear all the other noises, the people talking, but it cut the intensity, I wanna say by like 25%. And I just felt this like calm, peaceful feeling just kind of rush into my nervous system. Like my nervous system was literally saying, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for giving us this this relief. And I wanna share this because If you've listened to earlier episodes of the podcast, I talk about how I'm not a huge fan of coping mechanisms. However, I'm not saying that we shouldn't use them. Coping mechanisms are so effective and they can be life-saving, right? 
The reason why I don't love coping mechanisms is simply because when we continue to introduce new ones, so we find new in quotes and better coping mechanisms, it can reaffirm to the mind that noises are actually threatening and, and we need to do something to stop them. However, if you are using coping mechanisms alongside the reprogramming work, they can be so effective and they can actually enhance the work that you're doing and the progress that you're making in eliminating your suffering toward misophonia. So for example, in this moment, it wasn't a particular noise or trigger that I was trying to block out. It was just a lot of like overstimulating what's the word I'm looking for? Stimuli, I guess, in the room. There was noise of people talking. There were um, old trigger sounds that I was hearing. There was there were a lot of lights on stage and music and presentations, and there was just a lot going on. And so me giving myself permission to pop in one of those earplugs, it allowed my nervous system to take a breath, to be able to reset. And about 20 minutes later, I took that earplug out and I didn't wear them for the rest of the conference. So the entire three days, I only put in an earplug for 20 minutes total on one day. And the rest of it, I was completely in the present moment. And so I just, again, it gave me these amazing opportunities to look and see how far I've really come in my journey with misophonia. And I've said this before, what does cleared mean for me in terms of misophonia? It means that sometimes there are noises that still bother me. So for example, that guy clearing his throat, yeah, that was annoying, but it didn't take me out of the present moment. I I didn't tense up. I didn't feel rage. I didn't feel frustration. I wasn't going into this thought spiral of, does he know how annoying this is? Why is he doing this? I was able to just exist with that sound and still get to soak up all of the value from that conference. That's what being misophonia, or that's what being misophonia free means to me. So on a scale from like zero to five, I would put myself at a 0.5. Or if you use a scale zero to 10, I'd put myself at like a one if we're adjusting for that scale. I see a lot of people who use zero to 10. And that is huge for me. It's made all the difference and I am so, so grateful. So now, like I said, I I told you I was going to teach you some techniques, things that I even used while sitting at this conference when I would hear these trigger sounds. So let's get into that. We've talked about this question before on, on the podcast in a previous episode, but I love using the question, if I ever get stuck on something, and this goes beyond just trigger sounds, you can use this for any beliefs in your life. If I find myself caught on a particular sound, so let's use the apple crunching, for example. If I find myself starting to go into that that thought spiral of why are they doing this? This is so gross. I will stop myself. I will become an observer of those thoughts. And I will ask myself, are these thoughts useful? Are these thoughts serving me? The answer is likely no. Because I think about what is my end goal? I want to be able to sit here and be present and really and really engage in this conference. Me thinking about a person crunching on an apple is not useful and is not going to get me to that end goal of being really present. And so that's one thing that can really support you when you feel like you're going into that spiral, especially after that sound has ended. 
So let's hear that, or let's say that you hear someone loudly clearing their throat, or maybe they were like scraping their utensils on their, on their plate, whatever it is. That sound has stopped, and yet you're still feeling anger and frustration. Why? Because unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. So even though that sound is over, it's likely that you're still thinking about it. And that's why you're still feeling that anger. Because if you're imagining it, unconscious mind thinks it's happening right now. And so it's sending you those signals, that anger, that fear, that frustration to get you to to do something about that sound. And so one of my other favorite things that I love to use is if that thought keeps popping in your head, right? Because you're imagining this sound, simply saying it doesn't exist. Letting your mind know that just because you can imagine something doesn't mean that it actually exists. So I can't remember if we've if we've done this exercise on the podcast before or not, but I want you to right now, so if you're driving, maybe pause and resume this later, but I want you to right now go ahead and close your eyes. And now I want you to imagine that you have a cutting board and a knife in front of you. You're standing at your kitchen counter and you turn around, you go to the fridge, and you select a bright, juicy, yellow lemon from a bowl of lemons in the fridge. Got it? So pick up that lemon. You have that lemon in your hand, and then go ahead, close the fridge door behind you. And go ahead and take that lemon back to the counter where your cutting board and your knife is. Okay, and I want you to go ahead and cut through that lemon. You just slice right through it easily and effortlessly and go ahead and just cut yourself some some lemon wedges cut up this lemon into all of these little wedges go ahead do it now awesome so now that you have all these lemon wedges i want you to go ahead and pick up one of those juicy lemon wedges and go ahead and just bite into that juicy, sour lemon wedge. Now you can go ahead and open your eyes. And I wanna ask you, did you notice anything, anything change? Did you notice that maybe there's more saliva in your mouth right now than before we started that exercise, than before I asked you to close your eyes? Why is that? Because if you really did bite into a lemon right now, of course you'd have more saliva in your mouth It's something sour but you weren't actually in the present moment right now biting into a lemon wedge. And yet you still had that saliva coming into your mouth. Why? Because you were imagining it. Unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. And so even though you consciously know you weren't actually biting into a lemon, unconscious mind believes that you were. So, When we do exercises like this, we can help mind understand that just because we can imagine something doesn't mean it's actually happening. And this is something that I will walk you through in the free Resist and Recover from Misophonia Triggers training. We'll go even deeper into how to show mind that just because you are imagining something does not mean that it is actually happening. And if that thing isn't actually happening, then there's nothing we need to do about it. 
And when we get this good news to the mind, then once that sound is over, we don't feel that consistent anger and rage because we know, okay, the sound is gone. And if it's gone, there's nothing we need to do about it. So again, this is what we're going to dive even deeper to into the free training. I love offering this podcast and I'm so happy that I can do this podcast and that it is free and we can walk through coaching sessions and meditations, but obviously we can't go as deep into an audio only podcast as we can when we are actually virtually together on Zoom, actually walking through these processes together all at once live, right? Because I'm recording this at 1.38 on a Friday and you might be listening to it at six o'clock at night on a Wednesday. Whereas in the training, we get to be live together and there's something really special about all of our energy coming together to fuel this amazing transformation. So again, I highly, highly encourage you to go to the show notes, click on that link and sign up for the free Resist and Recover from Misophonia Triggers training. I wanna thank you for tuning in to another episode. We are actually coming up on the end of season two. It is wild to me that we are in season two. I think this is season two, episode nine. So next week is going to be the last episode before we go into season three. And that is absolutely amazing to me. I wasn't sure if anyone would be interested in listening to this podcast when I started it. So the fact that we're about to go into season three, that we have over 3,000 downloads is incredible. Actually, Spotify just gave me my, like, Spotify wrapped, you know how it does that. And this podcast has been listened to in more than 20 different countries. That's incredible. So I want to thank you for trusting me as your guide to help you lessen your trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering you experience from misophonia, and really just create more joy in your life. It is an absolute honor. It is not something that I take lightly. And I am so grateful that me suffering for more than 20 years now allows me to support other people and help them get relief as well. So thank you so much, and I will catch you next week in the last episode of season two.